It's very good to see all the familiar faces. Uh, it's been a while, so I'm glad to be here with you all. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Um, so I have uh, just a couple of things I want, to think, uh, want us to think about, and it seems kind of obvious, I think, when I say it, um, but I think it will help that when we consider it. If you are wearing glasses, or if somebody's wearing glasses with um, big black, big blue dots on the glasses, Whatever they look at anything, chances are that most of the time what they see is going to be what color? Blue. Obvious. We all agree with this. If somebody's wearing red glasses, uh, I mean glasses with red polka dots on it, most of the time when they look at something, and most of the time the color of the thing they see is going to be red. And those two people can be looking at the same exact thing but one will see it as blue and one will see it as red. And they can sit there and be so convinced of what they see and argue with each other about what they see, but they're actually looking at something else. But everybody is affected and they see by the glasses that they look at life through. Now, when you look at today's gospel, something really strange happened. And I'm not talking about the miracle. Um, the miracle, actually, the Bible, when, when, when the Bible brings up the miracle, miracles in Matthew 12, it says, so casually, in just one sentence, then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed and blind and mute, and he healed him. That's it. The strange thing that I'm talking about is that some people, when they saw this happen, they somehow related the Lord or connected the Lord to Beelzebub, the rulers of demons. They saw a miraculous, like, incredible miracle. They've known this young man for a long time. They've seen all the problems he was struggling with. But they didn't see the good that happened. They saw what this man is, has Beelzebub, the rulers of demons. This is how he's casting out demons. These people uh, um, have bad eyes. Um, have you, do you have somebody like that in your life? That no matter what happens, there's, like, there's no winning with them. There's, there's whatever you say, whatever you do, they're always very good at seeing something bad about it. So these people were like that with the Lord for, for a long, long time. And there's lots of examples uh, in the Bible of it. Like, for example, if he heals somebody, they sit there and focus on how he broke the Sabbath. Um, they weren't lying that he did something on the Sabbath, but he didn't break the Sabbath, right? Because it is good to do good anytime, even on the Sabbath. But they saw it as he's breaking the Sabbath, even though he would heal people. Or when he's casting out the demons, like in today's gospel, say he's doing it by Beelzebub, the rulers of demons. Or when he goes out to hang out with the lost sheep to bring them back to the flock of his father, they say, look, he's hanging out with sinners and tax collectors. There's like just no winning with him. No matter what he does, they find the negative and the flaw in it. They're wearing glasses with, you can say, maybe black dots on them. And it wasn't just the Lord, but like, say, for example, when the repentant woman went and wept and washed the feet with her feet and did something so beautiful and courageous in front of everybody, they say, what, well, this woman is a sinner. Taib, you don't look at all the fact that she's now here and repenting and all this stuff. This is all they saw. Um, the disciples, they left all and followed the Lord, but they look at them as, why are they not fasting? Why are they not washing their hands before they eat? Like, there's, there's just no winning with them. Anything they see is bad and negative and flawed, and it's just not good. Um, that's why the Lord said this about them in Luke 7. It's very interesting. He said, for John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say, he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say, look, a glutton and one bibber. It's like no matter what you do with them, if you do this, it's bad. If you do that, it's bad. Being around such people is hard, isn't it? 
Am I one of those people? Now, on the other hand, there are people who looking at the same actions, the same activities, the same people doing the same thing, but they see it as good. And the reason is because they have good eyes. No matter what's happening around them, they see the good in it. Okay. Now, what do you think the state or the effects or the result of such people are? Imagine if, if a person who all they see is bad and negative and broken and failing and wrong and not good and ugly and mean and selfish and like this is all they see most of the time. What do you think the status of such a person would be? I get quickly depressed, cynical, sad, um, pessimistic. Like the state of this person would be pretty miserable. Okay, and conversely, what is the state of the person who sees the good in the things around them, while people, uh, those people will be like having eyes or people that are joyful and they are happy and, and they're just living life to the fullest and they see the good around them and they're optimistic and, and joyful and peaceful and they see the good in people, even though both categories of people are seeing the same thing. The same people doing the same thing. Look, I think we can agree we live in a broken world, a flawed world. It is not perfect. And at the same time, it is not hell. It's not heaven and it's not hell. Somewhere in between. Anything and anyone I look at, if I want to see the good, I will see the good. And if I want to see the bad, I will see the bad. Because everything has the good and the bad. And I choose what I want to see and what I want to focus on. The people with the bad eyes, this is the funny thing, tell the people with the good eyes things like, oh, you're so dumb, you're so naive, you believe in fairy tales. Like, they see even that as bad. Like, when they see somebody seeing the positive, when seeing the good in things, they even look at that as weakness, as, as not good. Um, so let's look together like maybe different types of bad eyes because I'm, I don't want us to just focus on the people who are negative as people with bad eyes. But there's all kinds of bad eyes. First one is the jealous, envious eyes, that whatever they see, they're jealous of it. They're envious of it. Um, the fault-finding eye, this is the one that we're kind of focusing on so far today, um, that they, they see just anything bad and whatever good they're seeing around them, they find the faults and they find the weaknesses in others. There's the, lust, the lustful, coveting eyes. Um, that's the, the part that we read at the end of every uh, Catholic epistle. It says, do not love the world, nor the things which are in the world. The things of the world are passing away. There's a part that we skip. It says, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. But the, he who does the will of God abides forever. I mean, so this part is, talks about the lust of the eye. There's the haughty, prideful eye that looks down at others because by contrast, if I find faults in everybody and everything around me, so I'm bringing them down, so by contrast, I am higher than them, better than them, got it together more than them, so I feel better about myself. Um, there's the suspicious, mistrusting eye. They interpret anything as badly. We're gonna go through a couple of examples next to, to, to look at that. It's kind of humorous at one side and like at the same time, it's kind of sad. There's um, a good example of, of maybe the, the, the bad eye, but in a greedy way, is the story, the parable of the workers of the 11th hour. We know the story, right? The, the master, the owner of the land, went out in the morning, got some labor, said, why are you standing out here? Come, work for me, and I'll pay you. A denarius for the day. Thank you, thank you. And they went in and worked. And then he went out again on the third hour, on the uh, sixth hour, ninth hour, like at noon and afternoon. And he even went out at 4 p.m. at the 11th hour. 
and خلاص, there's one hour left in the day, so why bother, right? But because he's a kind, uh, generous owner, he doesn't want them to sit there, go through the day without having done anything. So he calls them in to come and work. And then when at the end of the day, when he starts to, to pay them, he tells his steward, pay them from the last one first and pay them a denarius, the whole salary for the whole day. And they did that. And then those who came and have been working from the very morning, they saw like, oh, they only worked an hour and he gave them one denarius. This is good. This is good news here because we worked longer, so we're going to be getting a lot more. And when it was their turn, he gave them a denarius, what, they, what he agreed with with them. And they weren't too happy about this, even though this is what they were thankful for in the morning and this is what they were expecting. But because of the comparison, they were not so happy. And then the master tells them this in Matthew 20. He tells them, is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things or is your eye evil because I'm good? That's another example of that bad eye. Um, okay, let's look at some everyday examples of um, what, this, what this good eye, bad eye things, and how they interpret things. And the, my purpose of doing this is that I can see, do I do similar things with similar things around me when things happen around me? Let's say, for example, I heard this one. Um, uh, say a monk or a nun or somebody visiting the monastery, they go into a monk's cell and they see that it is just really messy. Okay, A person with a bad eye right away, easy. What is this messy cell? This monk doesn't care about order, organization, or they're so messy. The person with a good eye can say something like, wow, my father's so busy with the, their spiritual rule and the prostrations and the work in the monastery and praying for all the people. They make themselves and their needs last and they don't even have time to uh, uh, organize their cell. And it's funny because conversely, even if the cell is super clean and organized, the person with the good eye will be like, wow, look, my father or my mother, instead of like, uh, even though they're like so busy with the spiritual rule and the things they have to do and all this stuff, they still find time to clean their cell and keep it in order. Wow, they're like, they don't miss anything. They're awesome. The person with the bad eye, <laughs> you can guess, you know, they'll be like, what is this? Oh, these monks these days, like they're, they, they, they're so focused on the worldly things and they like so care about how they look and appearances, they're probably ignoring all this other responsibilities and all that stuff. This is an example of a good eye versus a bad eye. Let's see a person who's very diligent in service. Awesome, right? A person with a good eye can see this and go, wow, look at that, that person, even though they have life and responsibilities and work and kids, they're still here so much and they serve so much in so many ways and they do so much. A person with a bad eye can say, why is this person serving so much? Why are they trying to be always on the front front in the spotlight? What is it like? Just do one thing. Why do you have to do everything? The same person doing the same thing and a completely opposite interpretation. A person who forgives, somebody can look and go, oh, God, please make me so forgiving like this person. This is awesome. Another person can go, look, this person is such a doormat. Like, you can do anything to them, and they're like so weak. They just let it go. They say, I forgive. Good eye, bad eye. Let's bring it a little bit closer to home. Let's say you receive a greeting from somebody. You say, hi, how are you, Bob? And they're like, hi, how are you? Or they're like, they, they keep on walking. A person with a good eye, what, what would you think if this happened? Just think for a second about it. You, you noticed it, okay? But a person with a good eye would go, wow, Bob is, something's wrong. I mean, such a good person. I'm sure he's really stressed or they're not feeling well. They probably didn't sleep well. 
I'll pray for him. Maybe I'll go check on him, see what's going on. Person with a bad eye, <laughs> it's his problem. You know, well, who's spitting his soup? Like, what's going on? Like, what does he think he's better than me? And like, it, it can like go on, right? I can start making scenarios. Oh, he probably doesn't like that I'm blah, blah, blah. Oh, how, well, he doesn't have the right to not like. And I start working myself up and getting all angry because just somebody said hi in a way that I did not expect it. And the greetings. Good eye versus bad eye. Um, it all begins with the eye. The, the, the judging, the condemning begins with the eye. Uh, lust begins with the eye. Greed begins with the eye. It all has to do with the eye. So we've got to really watch out for the eye. That's why our Lord said in Matthew 6, the lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, if your eye is good, this is like the key. This is, look what happens. Your whole body will be full of light. If your eye is good. Um, the good eyes, a very kind, compassionate, merciful eye. It sees the good in things and hopeful in a lot of people. There's a lot of examples, but I picked a couple just to show you. Matthew 14, 14, uh, when the Lord saw the people, uh, the 4,000, right before feeding the 4,000, they've been following him for three days. It says, when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them. That's a good eye that moves with compassion. Luke 15, the parable of the prodigal son. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and most of all, you don't even have to have a bad eye. You'd be like, now you're back? Now that you're hungry? You're coming for, for more? You know, and, but no, because he had a good eye, he saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Mark 10, 21, Jesus looking at him. This is the young rich ruler that he came and asked what my Sadun had eternal life. It says, looking at him, he loved him and said to him, you know, sell all you have and come back and follow me. What, what gives the good eye is love, is love. Um, we have a saying in Egypt, I'm going to try to translate it. It's going to say what a monkey in his eyes, in his mother's eye is like a gazelle. You know what I'm talking about? So there's no wrong that he can do. It's like because of love. That's the key for the, for the good eye, is love. So what are the causes of the bad eye? The first one is projection. A person who lies a lot, who is not very honest, a lot, whenever they're talking with anybody, they're going to automatically be thinking what? Oh, they're probably not being straight with me, right? Have you heard that saying it says, what you see is what you get? Well, I want to add another one that I kind of made up, which is, what you see is what you are. That's projection. If, if you tend to think about a lot of people in a certain way, slow down a little bit and see if maybe I behave this way. So automatically, subconsciously, I begin to assume that this is how other people are doing. Another one is pride. I mentioned this earlier because by contrast, maybe you can call it self-consciousness, is when I put everybody else down, then automatically I feel better about myself and I'm a better person. The other one is all kinds of various sins and lusts, like I mentioned earlier, greed, selfishness, love of the world, all this stuff can cause me to have a bad eye. If a person... Um, think so much about money and greed and collecting and saving and all that stuff, okay? Automatically, when they look at people, they look at how they dress, what they arrive, what they do, they go, oh, I bet they make this much. Oh, I wonder how much they, like all their thinking and their thought and they analyze everything by money. If a person watches inappropriate stuff on TV, then they automatically, subconsciously, whenever they look at people, they're thinking about all kinds of things that they shouldn't be thinking about. Um, Number one, and this is the one where it's not so ugly, 
It's still sad, but it's ugly, but it's frequent deep wounds. A person who has been being down so much and wounded so much, and it really messed up their vision and their view of themselves and the world and everybody around them. So they tend to see anything that happens around them through those eyes. And such a person really needs a lot of counseling. But regardless of what any of the causes are, the bottom line is that all of these require for me to just run to my father confession and to sit with him and talk and share my heart and pull out how I see things, not just the things I've done and said, or the good that I should have done and didn't do, or the good that I should have said and didn't do, but also talk more about the mind and the heart and the feelings and how I view things and interpret things, because that's really key. So how do we acquire the good eye? Just a couple more and then we're done. First of all, ask God for it. Having a good eye is a gift from God, but anytime you f discover that anything is a gift from God, automatically these or a grace from God, automatically this means what? Run and pray and ask for it. Because if you don't ask, you will not have. It is a gift, but we still got to ask for it. So ask God, God, give me these good eyes. Give me the eyes of a child. Give me the eyes of somebody who just sees the good in people. I don't want to see the bad stuff. There's enough yuck in the world. I don't want to see that. Give me the good eye. Another one is protect your eye or control your eye. Be mindful of what are the things that you let your eye see. A good example of this is Job in 13.1. He said, I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman? Remember this, garbage in, garbage out. What you allow your eyes to see will be automatically what it sees in others wherever you go. Number three, it's kind of a continuation of number two. In Revelations 3.18, it says, anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. What is this eye salve? It's all kinds of good things, basically cutting out the bad but putting in the good. Soaking your eyes with, on a regular basis with the Bible, with, with good noble things that you read in spiritual books, with the lives of the saints. I love one of my favorite verses, Philippians 4, 8, and 9. Uh, it's probably one of the favorites for many of you. It says what? Whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is lovely, if there's anything praiseworthy, if there's anything beautiful, okay? meditate on such things and the God of peace will fill your heart. That will be an example of anointing my eyes with eye self um, so that I may be able to remove the plank in my eye and then be able to help uh, remove the speck in my brother's eye. The last one is examine your eye, leading to the washing of the eye, removing the plank. I love Psalm 139. It says, search me, O God, know my heart. Try me and see my, if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Examine, serve. Ask yourself these questions. Don't just go through every day. The last thing I'll close with is this. It's a very interesting verse that I came across preparing for this that I thought was cool. It's Isaiah 42, 19 and 20. It says, who is blind as he who is perfect? Who is blind as he who is perfect? and blind as the Lord's servant, seeing many things but does not observe, opening the ears but does not hear. Does God want us to be like apathetic or oblivious or whatever? No. What he's saying is who out there has good eyes? And I kind of like a child, okay? If you put a child in front of anybody, they, they just, they smile, they trusting, they see the good in people. Unfortunately, they haven't been hurt too much by so many people, so they more readily do this. But God said, you gotta be childlike so that you can enter into the kingdom of heaven. Um, the last thought I want to, to leave you with is this, is that you need to do yourself a favor and remember this. 
What's been done is done. However they said hi or not hi, however they cleaned the cell or didn't sell, however they, they dealt with me or didn't, it's been done. Now it's in my lap. Now how I look at it does not change the past. It's, it's, it's been done already. I cannot control things or change things by how I interpret what I see around me. The only thing that I can actually do now is see how is it going to affect my heart. I can look at it with a bad eye and walk away upset, distressed, worried, miserable, all the stuff. Or I can look at it with a good eye and walk away with a smile, with peace in my heart. The only one who benefits from if having a good eye is me. And then after that, because I'm in such a good mode and, and a peaceful heart, then all those around me will benefit as well. May God help us all to have good eyes in whatever we see. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.